Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Cheers. Oh, yeah, this is Jake Prince coming at you live and in living color, and you rocking with the Connect Experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected Experience. You should, too. Connected. I'm Santoine. I'm Antoine. And we the Connected Experience. And bro, what's the Connected Experience? It's a lifestyle. Our lifestyle. The lifestyle. How that lifestyle been treating you? Bro, that lifestyle has actually got us sitting down with two, I wouldn't even call them allies, man. I consider them friends. Like, I like, like, it's like a friendly vibe. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's what that lifestyle got us doing, sitting yeah. down with them. One of them probably been on the show actually today the most that anybody's ever been on the show. In the room, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Definitely for sure. And then he got one of the best artists that we've come across just in full artistry or that I've come across. I don't know how you, but. Okay. And he got him with him, which he actually introduced us to years ago. So yeah. it's great to have him there. How that lifestyle treating you? Hey, man, it's treating me the same, dog. I always appreciate when we had a return guest, but I appreciate when we have watched the return guests grow into what what they do right because we always tell people it's not about what you do it's about who you are and then you just do that thing but sometimes that thing is who you are yeah. and when we see people grow into that it's always like I, that's actually my favorite thing to do man it's when just people watch the leave people and see yeah, if yeah. they progress if they you know what i'm saying we gonna see who's still around 10 years from now like <laughs> like that boy drake said you feel what i'm saying right right uh, uh, that's what we gonna do you got a word of the episode i don't man but i heard you got one let's I see i do got one and it's an adjective and it's crapulous and that's giving or taking by gross excess in eating or drinking mm, so that's kind of like gluttony yeah 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 that would be where you would put that at yeah mm -hmm. it's an adjective you know what i'm yeah. saying what's crazy is like so you know you use these adjectives nouns and all of that shit mm -hmm. right but like I actually forgot what a lot of that stuff means. And then, like, working with my daughter on her homework is, like, the greatest refresher course you could have. Ever have, You know bro. what I'm saying? Like, straight up. Like, my baby is killing it, too. Like, I can't You know wait. what's been fucking me up, man? What? Teaching conversion from, like, millimeters to... Uh, Whatever they can centimeters. See, and that's why I'm fucking you up because you can't yeah. even explain it. Yeah, I, I couldn't, and uh, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and I had to, I had to go look. You know what I'm saying. And uh, my wife thinks she's funny and shit. You know what she asked me? She asked. She said, "This goes out so crazy, right?" She was like, "You can convert a kilo, right?" <laughs> And I said, yeah, it's a thousand eight grams, right? And right. she said, it's the same so concept. Just, yeah, you feel what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I looked at her, what the fuck you asked me that? She you watching know? fucking Power and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what you what, what, What's on your TV, son? You know That's what, what I'm saying? saying. But man, who we got with us today, man? man? we got Pastor D. You he know not, what I'm saying? Not, he, hold on, hold on. He's not Pastor D no more, bro. He's yeah. actually Dean Bay, bro. Okay, you yeah. Know so, what I'm saying? But we've been rocking with you. We do pastor day. And ain't nothing wrong with uh, realizing uh, your calling. Your calling. And we got JR he got hits, man. You know, you know what I'm saying? saying? Yeah. What's going on, fellas? What up, though? Yeah. That, that's the pastor. I'm still a minister though I'm minister AJ I can marry you dog You feel what I'm saying For sure In real life Yeah for sure That's right. fine yeah, yeah I got my card in my wallet I'll show you You know oh, what I'm no, saying yeah. I'm, I'm obligated <laughs> no, I'm saying I can marry anyone yeah. In the state Wait. of Michigan Yeah yeah. That's how long you been doing that Yeah shit Probably like three years I married my cousin I was like You you go have a wedge He's like no nigga Come do it tomorrow I already got my marriage license Okay I pull up on you You feel what I'm That's saying? so funny. That's dope. Yeah. That was two That's years hard. ago because they just had their two year anniversary. I, <laughs> if I okay. renew my vows, do you want to marry me? I can, yeah. Do you, you want to? Yeah, I will. You yes, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But I think vow renewals, uh, I, I stay away from, I'm saying personally in my life, I wouldn't do a vow renewal because that's like, so we fucking up and we got to make sure that's <laughs> you I mean but it depends on yeah that or, could be the case that or could be the we case, super though. in love with each other and want to do right okay would, so you, would you do a vow commemoration <laughs> it's like the same shit though right yeah. no because it's like celebrating the original the vow, original vow. Yeah. yeah right yeah. yeah so that's what a vow hey copyright that yeah i got you yeah yeah, yeah. Yo, so what's been new man like just outside of the obvious music and all of that like what's like how's life treating everybody man well Life is treating me really good, man. I, uh, Talk about it. 
I'm, uh, like I said, I'm obligated. I'm mean, gonna tell you. So you, you guys just mentioned that I'm Dean Garcia Bay now. Yeah. yeah. So you know, uh, what that means is, you just said somebody realized who they are. They realized they calling. You know, I realized that uh, I'm a Moorish American. Yeah. Uh, what's up, man? Explain so, to the people what that means, man. Uh, it it just means that I have a nationality, and it gives me you know different access to who I am and to understanding myself. Yeah. That's dope, man. And yeah. I, uh, and I'm happy you said that, right? Because like in America, they really focus the fight on color race and all of that. When it's actually national, it's nationalities. Every other person in America will tell you their nationality. Like, no, I'm Irish. I'm this. I'm that. And it's like, okay, bet, but. You were Moorish American. You feel what I'm saying? Because people call themselves African Americans who's never had a connection to Africa. Like, how can you be? And then you would think by someone calling themselves an African American that they would believe that they didn't originate in America. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is their ancestors didn't originate in America. They believe that every black person actually got here through the transatlantic slave trade. And that is the most preposterous thing I've ever heard, because if you can look at history and pinpoint what we would call black people in every place on the earth, including uh, places with cold climate. Right. Why wouldn't you think that they were in what we call the Americas? Because we only call it America. That's not what this was. And people don't understand that. Like, no, bro, where we live at, we just agreed to call it Michigan because someone told us on this American map that this is Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's that's just what we agreed to. Yeah, mm-hmm. but centuries ago, this wasn't Michigan. Like, yeah, and so and so it, it turns into a whole thing, and what you even realize, right, is that the, yeah. the the slaves that did come in the transatlantic slave trade, they you know they originate from here as well in a lot of ways, and so. Uh, the way that I came into that knowledge and the way that I did, learned how to be obligated and not married, because uh, that is the Moorish term, uh, I did something called solemnize my union with my wife uh, in the belief under the belief that Allah binds two hearts, and so yeah. that's been about two years now. We have three children together, uh, and uh, I owe a lot of that perspective and my growth creatively. Uh, to the relationship I had with my business partner and uh, my artist, whom I also manage here, Jr. Got the hits. And yeah, so. and that's what I was leading into because right. I seen like Jr. is really you deep into that too. Like, how did you get into the whole Moorish American thing? Uh, that thing, I'm just. How did you get into it? So uh, I came into the knowledge of self, like my knowledge of of who I am. Uh, it's a gradual process. It's a perpetual process. You go through it all throughout life. But uh, first off. My my apologies. Peace, man. What up, though? Peace to you, too, brother. Uh, <clears throat> so, late 2015, something like that, uh, kicking in with my long, 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 long time friend and uh, brother, uh, who's also uh, prevalent here in... Also prevalent uh, here in the in the creative industries... Uh, you know, Nolan, uh, Nolan Mercier Bay, um, which, you know, I knew him, you know, he's Nolan Mercier Bay publicly now and, you know, around the industry. But at the time when we connected and really developed our brotherhood at first, he was just dug to me. Um, and, uh, he and I had gotten together about uh, like for some lunch and some coffee, something like that. Went to the bookstore while we were on the way to the bookstore. He was kicking it with me, asking me about my nationality and, you know, I was trying to answer my nationality. I said I was African American, and he, mm. you know, he when I said I was African American, he was like, "That's beautiful. Can you point me to African America on the map?" And I couldn't point to African America on the map because right, it right. doesn't exist. And then uh, I was like, "Well, fine, I'm black." And he was like, "That's a color." And uh, it's like, I, I, I don't know how to answer your question. And he was like, "You're American, bro." Right. And I said, "Well, yeah, that's obvious." But I thought he, you were asking me, he was like, "About your descent nature." You descend from Moors. You're a Moorish American. And I, it was the first time anybody had said anything to me, you know, along that line. And can't nobody tell you who you are, right? right. So I had to, you know, go about it and do the research Find myself. Yeah. But that was the seed that was planted. Then I went and did the work to water the seed. And now, you know, here I am, uh, you know, just aware of who I am and, you know, able to stand on that. Right. Whether we're talking about in religious circles, you know, 
political circles, governmental circles, creative circles. You know, I am who I am everywhere. Dope. That's dope. So, like, Dean, when you're having these conversations, like, because you were super Christian out. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so when y'all having these conversations about nationality and religion and all of these things, how did you separate your feelings for what y'all were talking about from what your friend was trying to show you? Like, you know, like, because a lot of people went, like, because we was Muslims, like, Sunnis, we were Sunnis, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And Islam changed my life for the best because it, it, I don't know, whatever I was supposed to be doing at the time, it was Islam related, you know what I'm saying? And that helped me so much now that I look back at when I try to shot at different religions, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't necessarily say that Christianity helped change my life because the way I was introduced to it, but like I chose Islam. So when somebody's telling you about what they learned and you see the transformation going on in them, but you also had your beliefs how did you open your mind to to learn like to see these things um jr just made it really easy if you want to know the truth i was uh i had already kind of left the church right and so like the parts of me that were christian that i was standing on was just understanding that there was like a a higher being that loved me and they cared about me on the level that uh that i should be able to succeed here okay it's playing a manifest right and uh from there it was a lot of self-work uh, you know, figuring out why I did certain things the way that I did them and if it was because I learned a certain thing or if it was because I was mad at what I learned. And so by the time yeah, I got to that, Jay, that, that was that's a great point. Mad at, <laughs> like because mm-hmm. people really act out of being mad at what they know or yeah. stuff like that. So damn, I never even said it like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so by the time I met Jr., I was uh, I had already met my wife. We were already planning to be married. We had a child on the way. And I understood that uh, that I had to let the the madness burn off real quick, right? Now, how did uh, you do that? Uh, I was presented with a friend who I could talk openly and honestly with uh, at that time in my life because I had children and a woman that I was serious about. Uh, my friend circle had changed, and it was one of those phases where you just be like, "Well, you know, I just I'm just gonna kick it with the family." Yeah, and. Uh, at the time, I was working with Brent, who's also been on the show. Yeah. And this yeah. was like back in 2018. And uh, he, JR was on the guest list for a listening party that we had curated at Dillis, Dun- uh, Dillis Delights downtown. And he came through the party. I noticed that he had an album out. I really liked the rollout. It was called Golden Ratio. And from there, we just kind of started building because uh, I asked him, like, certain things about the album. Like, why did you name it that? Or like, Stuff why does that it wasn't just surface st- level? Yeah. And so, you know, we had already kind of started building report that way about the time when we started talking about spiritual things, I could say stuff like, you know, you know, I really believe that I'm a spirit and that, you know, that's the way that I'm supposed to live. And he'd be like, well, that could be true, but you're missing, you know, a really significant part of yourself if that's all you are. Mm-hmm. And what he meant by that was, you know, we are meant, we are spirits, right? But we are here because we're meant to have an experience, right? And the the best way for us to have that experience is to be in full knowledge of who we are. Yeah. And any other nation you look at them, they learn who they are through their ancestors and through their forefathers. And we like to believe that because there's a certain thing that happened on this land and to our community, that we don't have connections to those people. And we Gosh. understand our connection to them in a, in a in a in a context that doesn't really serve us well, right? We either understand um, uh, our connection to, like, for instance, let's say the people in the Bible. We understand us as being either like, let's say, a Gentile, like somebody that came from outside of that chosen people, or we consider ourselves to be those chosen people, and like that's where our lineage starts. And both of those things would be incorrect. And so, those are thoughts that I entertained, and I think that those are thoughts that we all entertain. But by the time that I was open to like really examining them, I was presented by a lot to somebody who was also presented with that information and was a little further along than I was. And so the long way to answer your question. No, a perfect yeah, way to like, answer the question. You had something to say? So I wanted to touch back on when you said you were angry at things that you may have learned, like because because you are married and it's not just you and you learning these new things. And then I'm assuming that you going home talking about it. Like what were you what is something that you can remember like you were angry at? 
So one of the things that I was angry at, right, is, you know, I'm on child support. And it's yeah. not a big deal because I take care of all my children, right? And yeah. feel like I can include the one that I'm on child support for. But it was one of those things where I was really angry at navigating it. And nobody could understand why I was angry. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't just do it. And so it made people look at me a certain way. And again, that's one of those things that people think just because other people agreed to these things that I should agree to it. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, what I'm because saying? like I with with like the whole child support thing and all of that, I just the courts didn't interfere with us creating this child. That's just what it boils down to. And the like so I had a friend and he was going through a divorce and he was he was losing. He lost it like he lost everything that he was, you know what I'm saying? His pension. His, so I said to him, "Bro, just sign your rights over, bro." If you just sign, he was like, "I don't want my daughter to know I did that." I said, "That has nothing to do with your daughter. You're fighting a system that you agreed to fight, and once you agree, you're losing. You're going to end up paying for your daughter and you not go end up being able to see her how you you go be mad." I said, if you sign your rights over and you still take care of her, what that mean? I'm taking care of my daughter. I said, but if they giving you child, if they taking out child support from you and you hate the system and that's building animosity, that's that's making it longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. And he ain't do it. You know what I'm saying? Because I told my wife, if we get divorced, you can have all the rights you want to her because those not the rights that I got to her that paying child support or a piece of paper don't make me her father like i nutted in you i'm her father like you know what i'm saying like nobody could take that you because i said with women if you got to pay child support and you do that they still go need more so if the court say ding gotta pay four hundred dollars a month and ding pay four hundred dollars a month when christmas come up i'm not i ain't got nothing to do with that when birthdays come up because Technically, that's the rules of the obligation that we said. So now you saw in me to my daughter, your daddy don't take care of you. No, he takes $400 a month care of me. If I need 401, he's not going to cover it. Why? Because you put them white folks in our business. Child support is unconstitutional. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's like fully unconstitutional. Yeah. The ID, First off, your, your, your children come from <clears throat> your loins. And the only reason why they would even be able to charge or hit you with child support is because you're already in a relationship where your property, if my dog goes and brings a bone to my house because the dog is my property, the bone is my property. Right. That's what's happening with child That's support. Important. People are unaware and so are functioning, many people are, is property of the state exactly so then when you acquire property you've acquired property for the state so that means if you go and make a purchase you made a purchase that the state has a claim on if you have a child that comes from your biological you know makeup makeup because the state owns you the state owns your child even a way to break that down further for somebody who could possibly not understand what he just said. The slave owner owns the baby, too. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Because even I look at it like 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 that's the reason that the incarceration high, uh, rate is so high, because the kids are state property because the government takes care of them because the mother is on welfare. And that situation turns you into state property. So you go to jail. Well, Everybody thing, in prison right? is in prison by choice because you have to consent to go to prison. Right. And I knew see by y'all being more as I know y'all break it down on uh on the laws of the land and stuff like that, man, because I, I, I didn't look into it as much as I always wanted to because it's a lot. And what I was finding with some moors is like I met a guy and he came in a shoe store when I used to sell shoes and he was always breaking stuff down. But he only gave me so much knowledge and then he wanted me to like pay him like like, no, no. like similar to. Any other walk of life, right? Like y'all right, are yeah. y'all are a hundred grand, right? Yeah. Y'all like this is what we do. This is who we are. You gonna get me? I'm gonna be me, regardless. Right. I'm always gonna be a hundred with you, right? Every walk of life has people that are on it, and then has people that yeah, are trying what I'm to. Just, you know I just ran into yeah. so some like, of the wrong people with yeah. it, like. But I understand the concepts of picking a nationality or whatever, or not whatever, picking your nationality. And people will be like, no, nah, because if you 
get in trouble, they go send you to uh, what's that Guantanamo Bay? Like I know y'all heard that before. <laughs> they like they they love to toss around a little you know scary hyperbole. But they yeah. go right, but they 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 Yeah, if you get in trouble and if, you don't try it, they gonna send you to uh, Jackson's. As, huh? as, 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 like this, like that's the thing I try to explain. They be like, man, people. People who know the law and try to exercise the law end up in prison. How many people are in prison that haven't exercised any law? Right, and like, and it's a lot of people. Who Millions, don't, yeah. It's a lot of people <laughs> so. who don't end up in prison because people think they know what laws are. For example, if they see me kill you on camera, they automatically think that that's a murder. You know what I'm saying? Where the law, by law, this could not. This is this is manslaughter or, or, or justifiable, justifiable homicide. homicide. But the, but when people see it, they automatically think it's murder. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? When they don't even understand law, uh, but first degree murder or second degree murder. You that mean I woke up with the intention to come kill you? Like that they have to prove the intent. Like so, people don't even understand the laws that they so scared of that if they knew them would protect them. Like. I'm an American, bro. So, like, bro read the Constitution. I understand, like, after he explained certain stuff to me, why black, why African Americans are having such a hard time in America. You don't identify as American first <laughs> or at all. Black people want to be so disconnected from America but want the perks of America. Realize, not even realizing that they giving up was theirs they, right. it's you like black people you know so-called black people love to say we built america can you imagine me building something and then just letting somebody take it snatch it away right. and not even looking into what i have to do to protect was right. mine i built it why right. not why not go find out how i'm gonna be able to keep my hand on it right right but that's our programming like that's why like even with Morning radio, like how many y'all take your kids to school in the morning? I listen to morning radio. Mm -hmm. Morning radio. Who do you listen to? Don't just do you it's, listen I mean, to? It's it's, it's different on the day. Though. So like it's sometimes it's Steve Harvey, sometimes it's the Breakfast Club. Uh, both are uh, wild. Yeah, right. <laughs> because okay, so with with the older morning radio show, uh -huh. it, the the music they play is more suitable for driving your kids to school. The conversation topic. It's, that's not so much, but the music they play on the radio, the younger radio show, is no way I want my daughter listening to none of that on her way to school. No I way. think they shouldn't even be allowed to play certain records on the radio yeah. from six to ten mm -hmm. because the likelihood of kids being in the car. But the reason they actually play these records is because of the programming. Mm -hmm. Definitely, mm -hmm. it's because yeah. of the programming, and I'm like. Even with the conversations that they have on adult morning radio, adult contemporary morning radio, so to speak, the kid might not be grasping the actual conversation because it ain't no beats behind it. Mm -hmm. It ain't no rhythm to it. You know what I'm saying? But when they play them songs on the sister station that you going back and forth to, them kids hear that music. I don't think I want my six, my seven year old going to second grade and uh. Some city girls or something just went I on mean, or no. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is she thinking as she's walking into school, bouncing in there, as looking that, at these little niggas? Like, it's all the little niggas walking in thinking they tough because they just was listening to some Tupac records or something on the way to school. Like, but that's the thing, bro, because so, like, you know, we play a little bit of everything in my house, right? And so you get yeah. a little city girls, but you also get some Rick James, right? And so, like, right. my 12-year-old... Was cleaning up the playroom, singing "Give It to Me, Baby." <laughs> Not even like, understand what, was, what she said. Home. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but no. But I'm saying the difference with that is right. Like because like I play music. I don't play a lot of music in the car with my daughter because I, you know what I'm saying, right? Because she's doing her own thing now. But in the house, when uh, we playing music, like the playlist ranges. But she uh, she's an artist, so that's why I look at it from an artistic value of why like mom listen to rock and roll and dad listen to this and you know what I'm saying like then she got to find what she likes yeah so but that's from an artistic role mm -hmm. of me letting her hear different sounds like because what if you do want to do rock and roll like it like the word like I don't I don't even listen to music in the house I peep that I don't I don't listen to music in the house and I don't listen to music in the house because even if like, like take a Rick James right uh -huh. I understand the con I understand the context of that so I don't want my daughter listening to that right now because 
she your daughter singing and she don't grab might not grasp the concept not she just like she under no we know rick james give it to me baby this is sexual <laughs> you feel what i'm saying and it i could just be a little rapey too <laughs> right james, so because you know when i be saying? listening to the older music i'd be like damn we was we was really like r&b and shit so i just be like i just choose not to listen to music in the house. and i let my daughter put me up on music as well you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I want to hear what you listening to. I want to hear what. Oh yeah, what, Ava. You know her favorite artist right now, Brandy. Oh wait, she, she's, she's seven. seven years old. His daughter's seven. seven years That's old. what I'm saying. Like, I like. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you. Like, I knew my daughter had an ear for music. Right? We had a song called "Lose Control" the remix. Right? We never told nobody this. Right? The way Kid mixed it and did the beat. It was to compete with flow riders low. Not even low, compete, low. but to like the same frequency. Same frequency. We never told this, nobody this, right? Now you know the low commercial, the, the song is hot now because of the Kroger commercial, right? So mm-hmm. she's seeing the Kroger commercials, lose control of the remix with Vina Mills is one of her favorite songs, right? And she said, Dad, that's supposed to come on after that. We never told nobody. I never even explained the concept of how that even works to her. And she was like, those two songs are supposed to be played back to back or together or something. And I, I want to cry because I'm like, oh, wow, you got it. Like that, mm-hmm. like you really grasp the concept mm-hmm. of how you're hearing it. So you listening on the, the frequency level, not the words level, not the you listening to how to, you know what I'm saying? So that's when I knew I could trust her ear. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so let me hear what you listening to now. And she looks like she listening to Monster High and all that and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, but she ain't really big on the stuff that's popular, like for, you know. Mm -hmm. But I said all that to say this, man. You got a project out, man. Like, like, so when Dean was letting us know that the project and stuff was coming i was expecting a rap album i'm not even gonna lie to you bro like like and that's my bad because i understood everything that you did you know so i said so i kind of cheated myself by expecting a rap album right so when he send it over i don't know if we were some of the first people to hear it or yeah so when he send it over i press play totally blown away I say, ain't no words on this motherfucker, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm listening because, like, you know, the, the beats, the, the the first track, the joint building up. And it's like, and I'm like, I hit you back like, yo, is this like a jazz album? And he like, it's an experience type of, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay. I press pause. I go get my mind right, sitting in the car. And I'm like, yo, like. This shit is phenomenal. This is live band. This is, it's so many people involved. It's just not, you know what I'm saying? This is the farthest thing from rap music that you would ever get from an artist that you was introduced to from rapping. And I want to say, like, congratulations on that oh, because man. I know I'm not the only person that felt that fan wise or or you know what i'm saying i'm like wow like this totally wasn't expecting that and it was perfect it's perfect because it's a great escape from everything bro like so Mm -hmm. if you put it on and you just hip to him from rap and you press play by the time like me by the time i realized nobody's about to rap on this like (laughs) you know what i'm saying or sing or whatever by the time i realized that I was so open to accepting more. Like it was like, oh, okay. Like they come in totally different and it didn't need a rebranding. It didn't need you coming out saying, hey, I'm not rapping on this album. This was like, this is true artistry because even with the cover and all of that, like it's a, it's a real experience, man. So tell the people what I'm talking about. Uh, First off, Man, uh, gratitude for for your kind words, man. I, I really sure. appreciate it, man. Uh, so the album's called Return of the People Mover. It's on all streaming platforms. I like that title. Uh, it's it's uh, 13 uh, records on the album, 13 being a representation of the divine feminine. And, uh, and you know, as a, as a, a Muslim, I cor- correlate the divine feminine with the higher self, right? And so... Uh, it's uh it's 13 songs that are a journey from when you first come in the first record is called via you know we know in language via means it's like a portal right or an entryway and so that's why it is even disorienting like it is because i mean nobody has actual memories of birth but 
that's a disorienting experience, I'm sure. Right. You know, so, uh, you know, you come in with that disorientation and then by the time you get to the end, you've arrived at, you know, your inheritance. That's why it's called vast estate. And, uh, you know, you're able, you're in the full knowledge of who you are and able to exercise that and demonstrate that for others to be able to learn from your demonstration and come into the full knowledge of who they are. Right. So it's, it's, it's just documenting, uh, what I see as, as life, but from a sonic experience, sometimes words get in the way. You know and, I mean? and that's, that's, that's a great way to describe it. And I, I would encourage everybody to go pick up this, uh, or press play in your phone on your preferred streaming service. I'm going to say title, but you know what I'm saying? But whatever you prefer. Um, so when you came up with this concept to do this album, um, you brought in some real heavy hitters because it's like a collective is like, is it a, are y'all, would it be described as a band or are y'all doing it? Was it just for this project? Like how did you call Nick speed and describe what you wanted to do? So, uh, uh, first off, gratitude and honors to everybody that helped. Uh, right, with, I just with said the that name because that yeah. that's the most that was the most recognizable name to me at sure. the time. You yeah. know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, and Nick, Nick, Nick's a legend. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. For sure, he been so, on the show. He an yeah. alumni. Like, yeah. J- j- but let me say this: it's a whole lot of alumni out there that came from the connected experience. You know what I'm saying? So Nick Speed is definitely one of them. You know what I'm saying? And that was his his episode was great for us. But like, it's a lot of alumni floating around right that, that now. actually worked together. Yeah, like that, <laughs> yeah, like people yeah. who really work with each other, like you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, like when you call him and you say, "I want to work on something," because again, he's a producer, you're a rapper. So, like when you call at the time, how I know you, you know what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. if you call a producer and say you want to work on something, he like, "Let me hear, let me." You <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, the actual the actual name of the album itself um, was brought to me by Dean. Okay. He he hit me uh like the summer before I started working on it. It was like, man, uh, you know, something about uh a project called Return of the People Mover. And at the time I had a lot of stuff on my plate. And, you know, I was just like I mean, all right. You know, and then like I, I in my mind I was like, well, I mean, like he described it as like, you know, like a EDM type of project and I have uh like I you all met me as a as a a rapper, so to speak. I'm careful not to call myself a rapper though, because I know rappers, and I never want to like yeah. <laughs> right, right, put right. myself in competition or in in right. in that we, realm because like that. that's their World. their realm. I'm just a communicator. I communicate whatever method is the best, you know, yeah. method of communication. And up until the album, you know, where we initially connected, that that was I didn't I I converse with people, but not necessarily. Uh, put my vocals on songs outside of say hooks and stuff like that. I've been yeah. producing since early two thousands. And so that was my, you know, vehicle. My, my me my yeah, my vehicle or my medium of being able to express myself. And so Nick and I uh play in a band called My Detroit Players. Um and uh when it came time to to put together uh it was a pro like a, a mix uh, like a, a DJ mix that we put together of like some of the songs from People Mover as well as some other songs that people would recognize. I don't think Give It To Me Baby was on there, but it might have been some other Rick James on there. Either. Yeah. But uh but um which was another idea that came from Dean. He's a he's a he's a he's, he's, idea a, great, he's a great idea man. Yeah definitely master curator. So uh um that's how how Nick and I ended up connecting on it more or less. It was just like, you know, he and I had some conversation, like, you know, how you feel about, you know, Nick doing a uh, a mix with these couple of singles and some other stuff. I'm like, let's, let's do, do it. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but, like, as far as um, other collaborators on the album, I, I as a producer and as a musician, my production. Explain the difference between the two. So a, a producer is somebody that makes a product. A musician is somebody that creates music. Many times those are one and the same, but those are not by default one and the same. Right. So you could be a musician and not know how to make a product, meaning you could, you know, get Play songs down job. all day and whatever else. But then when it comes time for somebody to be able to get a product, you don't know how to be able to put a product in your hand. You could pull up somewhere and play. Yeah. Or maybe even you know how to get a product in their hand, but the product isn't of a good it's quality. So like you might be a good musician, but not necessarily a good producer. And then there are other people who are good at getting products in people's hands, but 
not really necessarily good at per se writing or creating the music that is the backbone of that product, but they may be good at knowing what pieces could work together or knowing how it needs to look by the time it it, it gets to the public. So that's what a, a producer is. And uh, I, through a lot of years of being a, I could say now, a lot of years of being a whack producer that was a good musician and becoming a better producer while still, you know, evolving as a musician till now I'm at a place where I'm like, ah, you put me me and anybody in the room and, you know, you know, that phrase that they say, oh, if you put me and the bear in the room, pray for the bear. That's, that's, that's how I feel about, you know, my production at this point. Not everybody has to agree, but that's all right. That's for them. Yeah. But that's for them them to decide. Yeah. That's for them to decide. Right. But, uh, uh, because my production is uh, very live, you know, in in its sound and in its its sonics, you know, I I like the sound of instruments act interacting with each other. I like the sound of conversation, even without it being words. I like the sound of conversation, and the sound of conversation comes about when you have multiple things interacting with each other. And so I deal with a lot of live musicians. So shout out to all the musicians that really. You know, had a hand in this project. You yeah. hear, you know, uh, VA88 on keys on there a lot. You hear Aaron Artisan on keys a lot. Aaron Artisan is a, you know, world round musician. Right now, he's on tour with A Boogie. Okay. Um, you hear, uh, is Cal on there? He's an amazing uh, bassist and he's really doing this thing on the move. So, like a lot of those, like, synthesizer type of bass sounds that you hear, that's him. Uh, my good brother, Alan Denard, who's like a jazz darling of Detroit and is, all over the world right now on trumpet uh is doing this thing you know all throughout the album you got zach land out throughout the album uh you got uh greg Ayers. there's a lot of different names you know i know i right i've already started naming names i'm gonna pump my brakes a little bit so you don't forget about yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he might have forgot you got an open door policy all of them can come up here and talk about just who they are or whatever but especially if he forgets you <laughs> that's how we would make that right that that's fair everybody could come up and we could go through dean and schedule however but anybody who he forgot is at the top of the list and we'll put that together right so through making this project right man like because again i was a a, a rapper artist type of thing but i've always just been musically inclined like how do you pick records for a project like this when you just like the I knew that you were really into live music listening to this because it it sounds authentically live. It doesn't sound like, hey, stop, do that again. It sounds like by the time that the, the y'all press record on this session, like y'all had did this a hundred times and it's perfect for how it fits on the album. Uh, I I record musicians the same way anybody that samples you know, does their work. We come in, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm going to, if either we're starting from scratch, in which case it's like, okay, you know, jam out, lay out an idea, lay out your idea. However, that idea is best to you and just know it's not going to sound like this when you get it back. Yeah. You know? And, and so, you know, people come in and we just do takes through. I'll just let literally let them live, take it through. I'm not like, I might say, Hey, I need this part to go this way. You know, stuff like that. I give direction in that manner. In the producer manner. Right. But at at the same time, I also want to give space for people to be their authentic selves as well because everything has to be authentic. Everything has to be true. So as ones are are doing what they're doing the whole time, I'm in my mind knowing, okay, I'm going to go back and grab that. Okay, I'm going to leave that there or whatever else. Or sometimes, sometimes it's just like when you – Go to, uh, let's say, China Buffet, and you just put a bunch of stuff on the plate, and there's no separators, and everything is there, and then you look, afterwards, you know, like, I got a bunch of good pieces here, but I got to make these pieces be able to work together. Right. So, like, it's no set process, per se, but I like to get people, you know. And, and they and anything. Yeah, let people be expressive to, to to whatever is true to them, and then I can take their expression and make their expression say what it needs to say for the overall statement. 
that is being made. And sometimes that means, you know, what you hear is going to sound completely different than what you play. Sometimes it's going to mean like what you hear sounds similar to what you play. Sometimes it's going to mean you record something and then when you hear the record, you're not on the record. Right. You know, I still <laughs> might use that riff for something else, else later yeah. on. Exactly. Yeah. And right. I, I think real musicians understand that. Yeah. Though. You know what I'm saying? Like, because like, at this moment in what you're doing, like, to me, you're just stepping in a whole different realm. Like, what you did previously, like, it doesn't even compare or compete because this is so, I don't even want to say left field for you. It's just so out of the norm. It, what, it's, it's the next level, level the it, next it, progression. It, See, that's something I would listen to in the house, though, because there's it's, no words and it's set the mood and it's set the and tone. And that's what I, like, that's really what it was about for yeah. me. I didn't want to limit who could listen to it. I wanted something like, like, so this is, you all called him Pastor Dean at the beginning, right? Big brother Dean. Big brother Dean. Like when I was here before, (laughs) I told you all even about how I got, you know, I was raised by a pastor and uh, and a missionary or evangelist, right? And so, you know, the music that I make, I talk how I talk, right? You know, I do what I do. Um, And some of the stuff that I, I make, like my moms or my pops or even like, you know, my, my sister and her family, because they're all real heavy in the church still. They uh they couldn't be able to listen to it as proudly or as boisterously. Yeah, or feel like yeah. they were comp- without feeling like they were compromising themselves. They might yeah. actually shy away from right. it because the church, how they feel about the church, and that's uh, so. Even though we talking about music, we talking about how we come to this music, like how was that relationship not with the music but since you do not identify as a christian anymore because at one point you did and you make music so how is the relationship with your family because now they got the music they could listen to because hey this this these are this is good music and it's no words so you can't you won't be embarrassed if i had an artist on there say something crazy but but i don't identify as a christian anymore like you know what i mean I, I mean, it's been a progression, right? Yeah. You you know, uh, when I, uh, my mom and I have a um, a very open dialogue in our relationship. Yeah. And so, you know, my mom was aware of some of the challenges that I was having um, as, as it related to my perspective of Christianity, yeah. you know, over the years. And then as I, you know, before I came into, you know, the full awareness and uh, a life of a Muslim, I just wasn't, you know, really identifying with any particular religion. Yeah, right, right. right. It so just, it, it was just like, you know, like I'm not a Christian, but I'm not anything else. And then it reached a point where it was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this thing. And I would have conversations with her about it, and I would show her, like, well, look, this is what it's saying here, and what I'm studying, and, yeah. you know, I, I highlighted the, the similarities yeah. more so than the, the differences. differences. And yeah. so throughout that. You know, um, that experience, her yeah, seeing that, that, that. Not to cut you off, but that was great that you made it a point to highlight where we're similar because where we're different is what's going to cause the rift. So sure. why operate from, but like, it just takes self-knowledge to do that though. Like, cause as you become more self-aware, you realize it's me, like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And people not go agree, but they might agree more than you think they are because you don't understand the true them. Right. <laughs> you know exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like you're going to have differences with anybody on any particular thing, right? right? It could be sports. Right? Sports, it could be fashion, it could be food, right. you know, whatever else. So like to choose to to fight over those differences is stupid. Like I don't know any other way to say it. Like that's 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 uh, dumb as hell. That's the dumbest thing. That's you like could the do. dumbest shit you could do, right? Yeah. And and so, you know, um I kind of use that approach with my children. I say like I'm your father, so of course I'm going to be mad at some stuff, but like you should remember me when I'm happy about. Like don't care about what make me mad. I'm a, I'm I'm older than you. I if I tell you to walk on the left side, you don't I'm going to get mad. But what you do that makes me happy is the memories you should cherish because those are priceless. Like right, you're yeah. going to be appearing and get mad at stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I read something the other day on the socials and it said instead of people uh, worried about what triggers them, they should worry about what glimmers them. And a glimmer is the opposite of a trigger that made you happy. So That's- just as quick as something that happens that triggers you, why pay attention to that when you could have, take that same little bit of space and think about something? Something that made you happy and that would make you feel better throughout the day. So I started implementing that. You choose what thoughts you chase. Yeah, yeah, I started implementing like that. that. Yeah. So 
Um, who was responsible for the artwork? So that was I, I, anything visual that happens. Like I have my my say and my perspective on things, you know, visually. But a lot of times I'll, uh, you know, I don't force my way per se. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I know I know I, like I know my brother and I are aligned. You know, I know we're aligned in our vision. I know we're aligned in our perspective. That was one of the things that allowed us to be able to go into business together. Like I was apprehensive about being in business with anybody who wasn't aligned with, you know, my perspective. How can you make me look a certain way to the public if you don't agree with it? You're in conflict Already, making me yeah, look, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's important to me that the people that I'm in business with, that I'm in communion with, that we have common ground that we can be able to to stand upon. And so uh, where it is that we took the pictures, I think we were at the Grace Lee Boggs centers where we did the cover art that was him yeah you know he was i like i i had different thoughts on it and and he you know did the necessary legwork and was like we're gonna go here we're gonna take pictures at this time the picture that's the cover art we were there for a couple hours right took hundreds and hundreds of pictures the picture that's the cover art is a picture that we did while i was bringing the stuff in <laughs> to take the pictures like, like we had chosen right different here. cover art and yeah. everything and then i saw that one and i hit him back and was like uh bro this it right here we don't need to discuss it any further this right here is the one yeah because it's called return of the people mover right so just just so your heartbeat is it's the it's in the word right heartbeat yeah. right so like your um the that's your pulse Right. And in a song, the drums are what is considered the pulse. And so um, return of the people mover is like you returning back to the source of your your pulse or returning to your heart. Well, in in the Holy Quran of the Moorish Science Temple of America, it says that we meet Allah in the heart and in a still small voice. He speaks. So return of the people mover, the symbolism is I'm returning back to where I originally came from, because at the end of the day, everybody comes to this world in a state of peace and an alignment with peace and your mission is to carry out that peace and unfold here on this plane realizing how to be able to maintain your relationship with peace and with truth and so on the cover you have me carrying a bass drum which is the kick which is you know the pulse the sound that when you hear a heartbeat on out let's say our favorite albums right it's a it's a a kick drum or a bass drum that is creating that pulse so i'm literally carrying the pulse into a house or into the temple right so all of that symbolism is is there that's tied into the name it's tied into the imagery that's what you get over and over and over again at the end of the day that's the overreaching underlying message of the whole album is like be who you are and be proud to be it and stand on it and you'll live your best life. Yeah. What uh would you say would be the best way to listen to this music? Uh however you listen to music. You know, if you listen to music and you're running, that's a good album to run to, it's a good album to drive to, it's a good album to smoke to, it's a good album to uh make babies to. It's a good You know why I asked you that? Cause it's a good album. You can listen to it. Do yeah, like you, you like, 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 yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's, like it's meant it's meant to be. You know, listen to universal. It. You yeah, know what I mean? Like it's like where you where it is you take it in will affect what you hear on it. You know, and that's true, right? So I just told y'all like that Ava, like Brandy. So we was listening to. Uh, Maybe full moon yesterday, right? Now, I've yesterday was a full moon too, by the way, this weekend, right? Yeah, so of course, I've heard this thousands of times, right? But this particular time, I just hear this one sound I never ever heard. That's and the best, man. Well, don't, don't you love it? Love it? Yeah, don't yeah. you love it? Wow, that's the best. So look, bro. so look, I thought I was tweaking, and I'm like, am I am I tripping? So I looked at my wife and I said, "You do do you hear that?" And she was like, "Like what?" I was like, "Listen." Right when this part played, tell me if you hear is and I had like described the sound, and she was like, "I've never heard that sound." Was y'all both tweaking? No, I no, I just was though. You know, I'm high. <laughs> you know, so so I'm thinking like maybe, I, and she was like, "I've never heard that," and she was like, 
Ava always tell me to turn it up at this part. I'm so I'm like, she must be keying in because it's just this one specific part. So that's why I was like, I gotta be tweaking because I done heard this song. I like, and you, it's the full moon out. So yeah, yeah. so you know, I, I love that when yeah. I discover. That's why I actually listen to music in different settings, mm-hmm. different places, uh, even in different ears. When I listen to certain music, I just listen to that music in my left ear. I just listen to this type of music in my right ear. Yep. And it's like I find my balance yep. with music that way. You know what? I listen to a lot of music like that, too. Uh, different, like, left ear, right ear. And then, like, that's why I wasn't fucking with earbuds right away because I couldn't take it out all the time. It was like certain songs I would just be – I didn't catch it at the time. But now that I look back, it was like that's why I didn't connect with earbuds because certain songs I couldn't take it out. Like – St. John, the song with him and Lenny Kravitz, like, okay, because I could be honest, I've never listened to Lenny Kravitz a day in my life before him and St. John's did that song, right? But it's this one part where you know that that was both of them, like, we got to be musicians, like, it's some musicians who produced that record, mm-hmm. and I said... That must be the Lenny Kravitz effect on like the music. I never listened to him, so I don't know that he a dog ass guitarist or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, oh, I know the riff you talking about. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. got to listen to the whole song, and I only had it in one ear. And I'm like, is that what I'm hearing? So then I put it in both, and I say, oh, okay, now I understand. Like that sonically is a like word. sonically Lenny Kravitz is. Like he added to that something that I knew I'd never recognized before. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. who was your dream musician to work with? Your dream? I'm saying like, not dead or alive, alive because we go try to make this happen. We're gonna make this happen. Like, so like, who was you walk in the studio and you look up and you like, yeah, like who was your dream person to work with? Oh, it's Andre three thousand. Like, I don't even have to think hard about that at all. Do you want him to rap or do you want him to play the flute? I want all of that. Yeah. I want all. You want, I, you want the artistry. From I want. I want the artist. I want him to do whatever it is that he feels he wants to do. But I feel like if we're in the room together, he's gonna want to rap. Yeah, yeah, we be having some weird listens all over the globe. So he probably one of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. <laughs> no, though, actually, listen. Yeah. I three stacks is. Uh, I'm here right now as a uh, as a musical descendant of. Uh, three stacks yeah yeah like like so how do you feel about that since you said that how do you feel about when they bring up the argument that andre 3000 is one of the best to ever rap but they never include big boy in that and i feel like big boy and andre 3000 fed off each other so much that you shouldn't mention one without the other because big boy it's like unfair because it's unfair to both of their artistry because Mm -hmm. even now like Big boy hold Andre three thousand down and Andre three thousand whenever he rap like that's a like to me those be odes to how fret how dope Big boy is like yep. every time I hear Andre three thousand I feel like it's a ode to how dope Big boy is because he held me he down held him down like mine. yeah so I feel like I hate when they do that because hands down to me Outkast is the best rap group ever I'm talking over UGK I'm, you know what I'm saying like they're the best rap group because that was what you get when you want a group. Yes. Like, like, so how do you feel about when people mention one without the other with? Uh, Andre 3000 is my favorite because of the musicality in his rapping. But but Big Boy is definitely a balance. They are definitely a great yin and yang. As Equimini. a as a, as a <laughs> is my favorite album of all time. It's the album that that really threw me into producing music and by the way 25th anniversary of equipment i was this weekend as well yeah i know uh, that and that is actually my favorite album too because yeah. i felt like the music was so like you really just could not touch that record nope. you feel what i'm saying that whole that record, might be like one of the best albums in music. I, yeah the music yeah. i think like, that's I, one I, of the I, best albums like the I'm music. so i i again i was a church kid coming up um, I was a spectator on uh, on rap and on hip hop as a culture. Like I, um, I loved it. You know what I'm saying? I loved to listen to it, but I didn't know how to be able to translate the music that I made most easily. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, came up in church and eventually you start playing in band in school, so you learn classical. You know, you know, you get some jazz in there and stuff like that. But I didn't necessarily know how to make the hip hop that was prevalent. And then Diddy came with the shiny suit era, which was basically him taking these classic songs and just, you know, getting, rap the hip, over. getting the hitmen to put, you know, different snares and kicks and then rapping over it, which now as a more uh, developed, you know, creator, 
it it doesn't necessarily appeal to my my creative instincts but what was happening then was i was hearing music that was very musical that was uh that clearly had instrumentation occurring yeah that made hip-hop or rap feel accessible to me and then I saw the Rosa Parks video on Rap City. I mean, what they call organized noise. And when I saw the Rosa Parks video on on uh, on Rap City, and they it. had they had uh, Big Boy's grandma's pastor playing the harmonica. That was the first time where I was like, mm-hmm. "This sounds like the stuff I know how to do." Yeah, it was over after that. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, it was, when, like, it was over. And I'm a UGK fan, man. Like, I'm a real UGK alumni. It's like you know what I'm saying. But like when we talking like. Art and hip hop and 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 all of that. Like, I mean, even what you said, you no, mentioned people, it, no. But this is what I'm about to say. Even what you mentioned in UGK, like, I believe wholeheartedly that they stepped that the their music up and after, the production after, after that. After, absolutely, it is no way that you can think that you got a producer in your group and y'all could compete with a Quimini. You feel what I mean? And people don't understand that. Uh, when the Quim and I came out and they got a uh, Raekwon on there, mm-hmm. that was one of the first. Ooh, oh, that was yes. one of the openly first times somebody collaborated the south with, with the east. South, with yep. the east. Oh, man. So that, it's a that's lot what of baby. Mm-hmm. That's what baby love Raekwon. I think Quim and I was the first rap album that was nominated for uh, for album of the year at the Grammys. It might have been. Yeah, like it didn't win, but it was nominated for album of the year, and it was the first album to be nominated and like even, outside of the yeah, rap categories. It, even with uh, stuff like that, when it don't win. Per se, like all the powers that be know the truth. Like, they, they, like yeah, you know oh, yeah, come on, man. Like, because even with that, so like being a real hip hopist, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. a hip hop historian, Dre saying the South got something to say, then we're the first ones nominated for album of the year at the Grammys. Mm-hmm. I, I've been told y'all. Mm-hmm. So that means everybody know now. Because That's- what if what if um the Grammys wasn't even paying attention until he somebody who fuck with the Grammys was like, "Well, dog said the South got something to say, so let me let me see how true this. <laughs> I'm sick of the choice. East. I'm sick of the West. You know what I'm saying? The Midwest go hold it down no matter what. So we got all this tension, and he said the South got something to say. He might be on to something. You remember me, what source awards it well, was? That it, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so so like people, because anybody, but everybody is eligible to vote for the Grammys if you on the uh, board and all of that. Uh-huh. Uh, so when some when he say that and some who really voting on there like hey man i think i think this outcast because this turned into an outcast conversation but that's because everybody is in full agreement that what? no no i'm about to say he wasn't though i see the brewer i see the brewer what you say so this is what i think everybody is overlooking about andre 3000 right i think nope so <laughs> so look i got a take so, on andre so, 3000 i'm just saying i didn't actually share my full andre take so go ahead yeah. so Andre, as a rapper, is not necessarily better than Big Boy. I think a lot of people like me, first real introduction to Outkast was fucking Speaker Box The Love Below. And I'm not ashamed of that, right? Because I was like 16 when that shit dropped. Right. right. So, 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 so you, hold on, hold on. Let him get No, I'm trying to see what that said on the timeline. So it goes. That's 20 years Mm-hmm. It go AT Aliens, mm-hmm. then Aquemini, mm-hmm. then what was that? Stank the, on you, Stank on you, mm-hmm. then the Love Below. Okay, no, so I'm just lining up the album. Yeah. So that was your fifth album. Fifth, okay, okay. Yeah, so I'm like tenth, eleventh grade. You know, just getting into buying albums for real, and so like the first thing that I really got to experience, uh, like a full body of work from Outkast from was Speaker Box and the Love Below. Okay, and me, uh always gravitating more towards R&B and vocalized things than hip-hop, even though I was a hip-hop head at the time as well. Uh, I really enjoyed the love below more, but what I think people made the mistake of doing is saying that Andre was a better rapper because they didn't have the language to describe Andre as an artist. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. We actually never got a full rap song from Andre 3000. We've never, like, that's not, like, I've... If it's out there, let me know. But I've never heard a record with three sixteens and a hook strictly Andre three thousand. No, Andre just masters self expression. Like he doesn't necessarily play uh, an instrument at like master level. Uh, he's definitely a wordsmith. He put them words together like a master. But like 
you know, his vocalization isn't necessary, uh, necessarily on right. par with somebody that you would say can sing. No, that's but, what I was saying. When he raps, I feel like that's an ode to how dope Big Boy is because mm-hmm. I never even thought about that scenario where somebody was introduced to Outkast at Speaker separate, Broad, separate. because that the crazy party, right? That's why I was about to say that's actually not being introduced to the that's being introduced to Outkast, but you don't even understand by that time while they're the Outkast, yeah. like. I'm Southern playlistic. I, I remember Players Club video. You know, no, like we, I had to go we back got for that introduced stuff. to Outkast. He got introduced to Big Boy and Andre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, great way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. I mean, like, don't don't front on me because I was familiar with the singles and shit. No, so, but I know, you know, but, but, like, yeah. but like bodies of work, now, right? I think about this definitely. Though, right? So, so even with the AT Aliens thing, like mm-hmm. now they're really like now you see what he meant because you get such a different vast variety of people from ATL that's so different. They aliens. He. <laughs> Well, you know, so many people back then didn't even catch why the song was called Elevators. Because mm. elevators go up and down. Me and you, your mama and your cu- everybody going up and down. You know what I'm mm. saying? So for you to be introduced to them that late, you know, as opposed far to as body, body bodies of work. work. You know what I'm saying? As far like, and we were introduced when they were coming out. Uh-huh. So it was a whole like we like oh outcast. Like. But that's why I play music in the house too, right? Because you were saying that. And so like, like I said, my daughter listened to a little bit of everything. But part of it is because we really do care about. Uh, we know that musical intellect make you cool, right? And yeah, so like we can't just have you out here listening to the radio, <laughs> right? And we yeah, can't yeah, have yeah. you out here listening to the same thing that everybody else listened to. And so I grew up around people who was the same way. That like they always wanted me to be onto the cool shit. And so like even if I couldn't like listen to the Outcast, if if I didn't own it, yeah. I was in the car with my uncle and I would see the CD and the, like in the cover art shit, yeah. and I would associate it with whatever we was going to do. And so when I listened to it or when I came into it. You know, later on, I had a point of contact and a memory. And so, like, music is always feeding the culture, whether you whether your kids have, like, access to the music or not. And so that's one of the ways that we kind of control access is to, like— Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I can never forget that—I can never forget listening to— perp, I mean, um, when Doves Cry, I— Every time I hear that, I think about listening to it and thinking about my pops and Bootsy Collins. See, I wasn't. We wasn't a Michael Jackson household. Mm-hmm. We was Bootsy Collins, Prince, mm-hmm. Day, and all of that. So the fandom over Michael Jackson never made sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Because I heard the Michael Jackson records. I remember when these things were happening. But when I go back home, like I'm listening to uh, "Got the Munchies for Your Love." That you, you know what I'm saying? And, and getting in tune with the instrument. Yeah, and, yeah like and, uh, these like, eight minute songs, right. and I'm listening. You know what when I'm saying? When he's talking about uh, his guitar, yeah, his guitar. So I put my wife on that. I say, "Oh no, these my favorite songs." And this ain't got shit to do with rap. Like mm-hmm. listen to yeah, this, yeah. listen to these instruments. Mm-hmm. We want Bootsy. Yeah. So by the, so by the t- when we heard we want Easy, we knew where that came. From. We knew where it came from. Mm-hmm. So many people didn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We we like mm-hmm. Daddy. Listen mm-hmm. to this. This what you be listening to? But it's we want Easy. You know what I'm saying? We actually like this nigga stealing. You feel it? Because we ain't grasped the, the concept. Concept of sampling. You we know like what I'm like, like Daddy he stole, stole the song. This song. And we be like, no, no, like this is real. We, we know the words to We Want Bootsy way before we knew the words to We Want Easy. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I just love music, man. And with this project you got, Return to the People Mover, man, like, I know it's a lovable project on a different level of just, it's on a level of artistry that, that, most can't match because most people not that self aware. That's what I'm about to say. You got to be so in tune with yourself, yourself to, to even, even do a project, project like, like that. Yeah. So like, wow. like, so no, most people can't match it, but everybody can relate because you don't want the listener trying to match it. You want them to relate and consume it. And this is the type of product that was produced very well from the cover art, from the concept, all the way around. And I listened to it. But I can't sing no words, so you know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't be like, hey, man, my dog was hitting them drums. Like, you know what I'm saying? But because the feeling that you get from not from, from feeling the music, like, I would describe this as wanting to hear your favorite rapper rap, rap acapella so you could feel them. So this is the opposite end of that. If you were a producer, or if you were, you know what I'm saying. Like let's see if let's see if Dre really can get in there and make something that we listen to in no words. Let's see, you know, because that that's the 
who not go listen to a, a song if you put Jay Z on it? But Timberland, can you dig? Well, we just listen to the dirt off your shoulders beat, or will we be like, nah, I don't feel that. And that ain't a knock at Timberland. That's just a beat that everybody seen to like because the song. But if we just right, heard right. that beat, would we pass on it? You, we probably would. Mm-hmm. And, you this feel is, what I'm and this is a full project. So you, and what I mean by that is everybody listening. You start at one for a reason. And that's why we telling you it's not no word. So you can't skip to it to see what nobody talking about. You start at one and you don't press nothing. You don't have it's, it's it's transitioning the perfect way because now you're not expecting to hear no words. And that's what's most important. But if they wanted to uh, contact you, how would they be able to contact you, Jr. On Instagram is Jr. got the hits with periods in between the words. So at Jr. Period G O T period T H E period H I T S J R got the hits. Uh, I'm J R got the hits on Facebook. I'm J R got the hits on Twitter. Uh, you can definitely contact me on my website uh, Art House More A R T H A U S M O O R. You can you can reach me there, um, but. Also, you can reach me in any in pretty much anything that I have in motion myself and Dean as a entity because Art House More is an entity that the two of us um, are behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is where you will find that, and so you can stay up on whether it's music, whether it's you know uh, photography. It's just, it's just a, a a site for art to be expressed and for you to be able to connect with what's happening. Here in Detroit Dean what about you Peace peace So I can be found At not Period So not DeAngelis With the period Between the words <laughs> If you type in Not in period It'll pop, pop up, up. Yeah, yeah It'll yeah. take you right there uh, Or uh, Art House More On Instagram as well uh, Where we both uh, Share The content From our experiences Out in the world We do a mm-hmm. lot of stuff man He plays yeah. in a band With uh, with DJ Dez And a couple of other guys At Spotlight At the end of the month And so We'll have pictures up From that uh, From this past Thursday uh, Later on this week uh, we were, Art House More Is a creative agency And okay. so our, our main priority Is being able to Manage projects Through collaboration Giving uh, Getting with other people Who are uh, who have like spiritual things to say, but want to be down to earth about it? Uh, spiritual, is, but down to earth. That's yeah, it. y'all been dropping right. some chills. <laughs> <laughs> cool little one-two combination right here. Y'all been dropping some chills. This, yeah. this, this is how we do, man. This is my brother right here. So right, you know, right. really appreciate y'all for uh, for having us on this show. Always, and always, for, and for and shining the light on his work. The, uh, not to cut you, I'm for real about the uh, anybody who worked on the album in any capacity. Man. Oh man, man for sure, we we'll make it happen. I mean, you know, I'm no, you know, I'm for real. But like, let's start. Getting that, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, because they go come here and talk about the album, and the more mm-hmm. you know, the more people talk about it, the more people go go press play. You know what I mean? AJ, if they want to get oh, at first your- of all, bro, I want to go ahead. One one thing I had to say, real, 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 real fast. So, um, uh on the album and everywhere where you hear my music, usually you hear um people ask me this, like, what is what is what is there's a woman that says something, so um. My wife say uh, my my quote unquote producer tag is her saying hit it again, daddy. Um, and it's it's in relation to Jr. Got the hits. There's nothing you know yeah. uh, sideways about it. But then also we got three beautiful seeds, and so I always try to make it a point to acknowledge the people that hold me down when I'm yeah. when I'm out and about. Yeah, oh, for exactly. sure, for sure. Oh, what I want to say, man, it's a pleasure seeing y'all, man. Uh, watching through the screen on the phone is different than bumping back into y'all. I'm coming out, man. When he, uh, when the band plays, so make sure you uh, let me know so I can set up something, get a babysitter or whatever. I'm gonna bring my wife, man. We go come, we go, we go enjoy the live music. For sure. man. You know what I'm saying? Just vibe out, and uh, it's just a pleasure seeing y'all, man. Uh, SJ, where if they want to get in contact with you, where they can find you? Uh, EverythingShelby.com. That's EverythingShelby.com. You go on there, you purchase some of my baby books, you purchase some merch. We just did a, uh, so we got two different products on the line now. So she got two different t-shirts, hoodies, or whatever, two different sets. You could buy, man, and it's good quality, and it look good, man. And you could go to one sljackson.com if you wanted to support me. But I really just go everything. Shelby, uh, I'm Antoine. I'm Antoine. I want for my brother what I want for myself.